0: Bye. <laughs>
1: To the History of Music Podcast. This is your host Scott Gifford, and I am joined by, as always, uh, Sean O'Born. How you doing?
2: Doing all right, man. I'm always here. I never leave. Always. Yeah. How you
1: doing? I'm all
2: right, man. I just celebrated my 15th wedding anniversary yesterday, so uh, still married. So that's I a got that going one.
1: for me. Yeah, that's a that's a milestone one. It is. It is. It's awesome. But yeah, so we're we're still married. Congratulations. Thanks, man. And we're, and we are joined by, in the third chair, by Runes. How's it going? It's going well. I'm, I'm doing all right. Awesome. Uh, Runes, we know, uh, we, we've kind of kicked around with on, on Twitter a bit. So, uh, yeah, we're, I'm excited about the song you chose. It's pretty sweet. Yeah. It's one of my favorites.
2: Yeah. And we, uh, this is, this episode's been a little bit of a long time coming. We, I think we started talking about this like, (laughs) Before Christmas or Thanksgiving or something, but it kept getting postponed because people had the holidays and different things. So we're we're glad that you still agreed to come on the show, man.
3: Oh, of course. Of course I appreciate the invite.
1: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, we've been having kind of bigger uh breaks between episodes lately and uh, blame we'll blame the the holidays. Just kinda get, well, gets crazy. Some
2: people want to have personal lives outside the podcast, but it's whatever.
3: Fifteenth yeah. anniversary.
1: Yeah. <laughs> no big deal.
2: Yeah. So, um, Runes, I I know you as reading of the runes, but now it's just Runes. So, Mr. Runes, um, I know you from Twitter. I think it's all Scott knows you as well. Um, but just for the kids back at home, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, who you are, why should we care?
3: <laughs> why should you care? That's a good question. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of uh kind of a little social outcast recluse. I was born in California, and my family moved here to Utah um, when I was still fairly young. I was about six years old, um, so I consider myself more Utahn than Californian. I grew up in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, both my parents served uh, LDS missions. My father served in um, Sweden, and uh, when it came time for me to serve a mission, that's where I received my call to as well. Um, and that's kind of inspired uh, my interest in all things uh, Nordic and Scandinavian. Um, and then, you know, of course, being there, you try to find out any connection that you have. And, you know, we've got ancestry there and, and it's just been real cool uh, learning about their culture and, and the people. That's why now on Twitter, you know, is reading the runes is, is you know, the, the handle. Um, I like to post a lot of stuff oriented to that kind of culture and idea. And then, you know, the occasional meme around, but
2: the, 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 you can't, the, the memes must flow.
3: Yeah. They gotta, you know, you yeah. gotta keep things a
1: little bit, a little bit positive sometimes. Oh yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. As a uh, Tolkien says, you gotta keep things whimsical. Right? Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's one way of putting yeah, it. Man, he was. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad we have a fellow Swede on here. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, probably about half British blood, but my grandmother's family was actually 100% Swedish. Like her, her dad's name was Nels Nelson and his dad's name was Nils Nilsen all the way up for like <laughs> <laughs> five generations. So um, yeah, they, they joined the church in Sweden and then came over and crossed the plains and did all that. So I'm always, I'm always, uh, I'm always in the mood for some, some Swedes, you know what I mean?
3: Heck Yeah. Heck yeah. well, You see that migration period with these, with these you know, Scandinavians where, where a lot of them joined the church and then immediately immigrated to the United States. So a lot of them settled in the, the Utah area, you know, so we've, we've got a lot of that blood flowing around here.
1: Yeah, I, we, I, we, I,
2: we, roll, we roll deep as the kids are saying. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, there, there's actually a big um, Icelandic population in uh, Spanish Fork, Utah. Which is interesting. Yeah,
2: it's 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 the uh, it's the largest population of Icelanders outside Iceland. Yeah. And if you go to like this the city square or whatever in Spanish Fork, there's like a Viking long ship like statue in the middle. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. The president came the president of Iceland yeah. came to Spanish Fork a couple of
3: years ago. Yeah. How have I never seen that before? I'm gonna have to take a trip to Spanish.
2: Yeah. Do it, man. Do it. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. Um so although if you talk to an Icelander, they will say they are not Swedish. But uh <laughs> you know, it's you know, they're it's kind of variations on the same theme, I guess. Um so well, that's cool, man. Well, I'm glad you glad you agreed to come on the show. I am also from California and now live in Utah, so no no judgment there. But as far as so the, the song we're talking about today, we heard in the intro is Canute the Great, the King of Danish Pride by a band called Rebellion. So runes, you picked this song. I was not familiar with the band or the song before. Um so Walk us through like, do you have any like history with personal history with this song or this band? How'd you hear about them? How'd you find the song?
3: So in high school, I kind of got hooked on the whole uh, Viking metal. I know that that's that's not like an official subgenre, but there's enough content out there that claims to be that that you know it's kind of a meme at this point. So one of the big groups that I listened to was, was Amana Marth and listening to them i was like oh this is really cool i like their their lyrical content um, especially when it's geared towards you know telling a a saga or a story and so i was looking for other groups that did a similar thing and found rebellion Um, i actually found a song from rebellion that was um, i believe it was in swedish so i went my whole life believing that this band was swedish and turns out they're german beyond you know just the occasional listen and the throwing them in with my with my um songs of the sagas playlist uh i don't know much about the band to be honest i just know that they make good music
1: very nice it sounds like you you like metal in general What what else what 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 are your other uh musical interests now see you're going you're going to hit a wall there metal that's <laughs> <laughs> that, that is often hey. the case with metal heads
2: <laughs> yeah dude if it's not broke don't fix it
3: <laughs> yeah that's what i'm saying you know I, I like you know pretty much any subgenre under the umbrella so you know i could i could i could have a different playlist for any mood in the day you know i've even got a playlist for when i go to sleep you know it's it's your doom metal and your atmospheric black metal cuz it's a little more on the on the melodic side and it's and it's less of the the harsh go go go.
1: Right. Yeah.
2: Well one thing I've I've learned with metal is that it's we don't like this word because it's lame, but it's kind of nuanced. But there's there's a variety of metal out there for whatever your flavor is that you like or whatever mood you happen to be in and uh so there's all different kinds of metal and usually when people hear metal they think of like something specific in their minds but um like the the amount of like metal bands it's like it's like country music like there's like zillions of bands out there that play their own style of like everything every version you can think of of a metal song and um so there's there's if if you like music i guarantee you there's a metal band out there somewhere that you would be into you know whether it's like country metal or like bard metal or whatever there's metal for everything now
1: it's pretty cool so now that we have kind of your taste in music what's your what's your taste in history taste in history yeah what Um, what, what kind of what what piques your interest there
3: yeah dark ages I love the Dark Ages. Just something about the idea of uh, there being uh, almost like a global honor system. Um, these people, these people, based a lot of their actions strongly on their morals, which I think is is not so prevalent today. We kind of base on opinions rather than morals or facts rather than morals, um, and so so I think that that was always interesting. To see how these people construct their lives based on how they felt about things, um, I also love the the metalwork. You know, you've got your you've got your your weaponry and your armor, and and I I love to see as 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 gross or brutal as it might be, how people have evolved to either better uh, kill each other or better defend themselves. You know, and 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 close combat hand-to-hand combat to me has always been kind of intriguing because it's it's one of those uh you kind of have to have a respect for your opponent because if you don't you're dead you know it's one of those things where where you have to size him up you have to appreciate him for who he is and then you have to find a way to to overcome him you know very primal
1: it is yeah um, I have to ask if you like that, uh, part of history, do you, do you also like, like fantasy books or stories? Yeah. I like fantasy to an extent. Um,
3: I think, uh, I saw a tweet the other day about, uh, was it Aragon? Yeah, it was Aragon mm-hmm. and someone was bashing it cause it's, it's not, you know, the first book's not great written, you know, it's not very well written, but, uh, well, it was written by really like a homeschooler when he was like 16. Hey, get him some <laughs> slack. <laughs> it was
1: good for what it was. I, yeah. I, I The movie that. was terrible,
2: but the, the, was the book is, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah I, read, I read those in, in high school. I, I actually really enjoyed them. Um, yeah, I, loved, I loved those.
3: And then, and then you know you got Lord of the Rings, which is a, a classic. But even with Lord of the Rings, even though it's got its high fantasy aspects, I'd say that it's still grounded enough in actual like historical themes that it's that it's less of a high fantasy for me
1: yeah yeah there's some fantastical like features and characters and stuff but like as far as like actual magic for for the story that they're being that's being told there's not a whole lot but there's a lot of grounded stuff cool yeah that's awesome so is is there anything else we want to talk about before we get start getting into the song
2: what have you been listening to lately
1: scott musically Dude, you always catch me off guard. Last time I had it it's ready, a music
2: podcast. What am I supposed to ask, dude? Last time I had
1: it ready, and you didn't ask. So,
2: because we had Bennett on there, and I was really intimidated because he had, like all of his big brain takes. And That's true. I feel like, hey, so what are you listening to lately? Oh, Blink One Eighty Two. Who just ended the call right there? <laughs> it's not throat singing. I'm not. I'm, I'm not listening.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I Have just... you?
2: Uh, so last time I asked this, I brought up that Newfound has a new single. Mm-hmm. newfound glory has another new single that came out a little like in the mid in mid-december highly recommend everyone listen to it
3: Looking it up right now
2: <laughs> yeah especially if you've got like a family that cares about you it's a good song um if pop punk is your thing it's not metal but
3: is that um, uh get me home that's the one bro okay
2: that's the one and then the other one they came out with is is a good one to play for your your wife or your girlfriend you know uh. if she if she's into the the pop punk emo thing like my wife is anyway i am i am glad to be back in the music chat though i'm glad that i got i got back in there i had to recover after that moving song i posted and so i had to recover and come back so i'm, I'm back in yeah back you, in got, the saddle
0: now.
1: you got lucky because um it, it was like he was trying to revive it so he's like he, he let in a bunch of people and you uh and so you i made the cut work, yeah
0: yeah
1: i made the cut well i shouldn't say you got lucky but you know <laughs> it, it was lucky that <laughs> I, you I knew, I knew a guy, that
2: guy on the <laughs> inside <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway um so well i think let's let's start doing the lyrics you guys cool with that yeah all right so the song is canute the great the king of danish pride the band is rebellion this song came out in 2005 and it's in english the band is german like you said runes they're from germany but the the whole song is in english and it's about a real person named Knut the great but I think it starts with like the first two kind of stanzas. I think it's just the chorus. It kind of starts with the chorus and then he starts going to the verses. Do you want me just to read those real quick? Then we can kind of go into the. Please do. The actual verse. Okay. So the first two verses here, which is really the chorus is. Now that I fight with might and main, the Danish troops I'll lead to fame. Now I survey the lands where I may stride the English soil. I'm a king of Danish pride. So this is Canute talking in first person. And basically leading the Danes, people from Denmark, to English soil to basically fight and become a king. Um, and then we start with the, you have plundered the whole Isle of Man. Runes, you want, to, you want to read that verse, man?
3: Sure thing. You've plundered the whole Isle of Man to become a greater king, and you murdered guiltless families in the massacre of all Danish men. Ethelred or Ethelred. it's my will to, to fight and see you dead. My troops are Viking warriors and we sail sail the River Thames.
2: Yeah, and I this so I like this verse because it's it's not super histor- histor- historically dense, but there's a lot of stuff to pick out in there. But I'm always the one that, that's talking too much. So runes or Scott, do you guys have any like stuff you want to call out from that verse or the things you thought were interesting or anything like that?
1: Well, I think maybe we should just kind of start from from like
2: Oh, I guess give up some background. Yeah. Yeah. Who who is this guy? Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so this is basically taking place during like the Viking age, which is sort of like a conquest exploration era that lasted from like the late 700s AD all the way until they usually say it ended at 1066 Mm -hmm. um, with uh, the death of
3: uh, King Harald Hard Ruler.
2: Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So. He died um, around that same time was the battle of, uh, I forgot the name of it, but that's supposed to be like the, the Norman conquest of England or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, so this is during the Viking age and the song is about a guy who, the, the way it's written in English here is C-A-N-U-T-E, Knut. It's, mm-hmm. it's basically written phonetically. His name's actually Knut C-N-U-T is how it's actually written or sometimes K-N-U-T um, in like old Norse. But he's, He's basically, I guess, at this time, he's he's a Danish um, or Viking kind of prince. He's the son of a king um, who is kind of sailing to England, participating in all these Viking raids in England that have been happening for decades to kind of prove himself a man, you know, claim his father's kingdom, get some booty—typical Viking stuff. But yeah, so Canute himself was actually born. We don't know exactly when he was born or even where he was born. We just know he was born in Denmark, but they they think he was born around the year 990 AD. Uh, but everything we're talking about is in like the early 10 hundreds. So he would have been like in his 20s, I believe. Yes. Uh, right. Yeah. But uh, he's he's the son of this guy whose name is uh, Svein Forkbeard. That's his dad. Who was and Svein Forkbeard was the king of Danes. And I think they called him King of all the English or King of, Eng- of the English or something like that. But he's basically one of these guys that came over to England, conquered a couple English kingdoms because at the time England was split up into like four or more kingdoms, and so he would just go conquer one, make the king of that province pay tribute to him. So okay, cool, now I'm king of all the English, you know. And uh, that's kind of that's kind of what that's that's the world. Knut was born into right. was. And- yeah
1: go ahead. and his uh grandfather uh forkbeard's father was Harold Bluetooth and he was apparently the first Christian King um or that converted to Christianity and so he so there's that as well
2: and Bluetooth actually I believe he, that's where we get like the Bluetooth thing that's where we get that from is his name
1: right because yeah, if you look at the correct. Bluetooth
2: symbol it's actually a rune like a Viking rune and Bluetooth like the technology or whatever is after this King what's his name Bluetooth
3: yeah, it's uh it's the h rune and the B rune um oh. both transcribed over each other
2: that's cool hmm. yeah so Vikings man they, they still persist in our culture now we use them every day you wouldn't even know it yep um
1: they're not just but, TV shows yeah oh thank heavens
2: but yeah so so that's kind of that's kind of like the world that we're in here this the Viking conquest of England was something that took place like we said before like over like 100 years like every basically it was like every 10 20 years the vikings would come they'd rape pillage plunder take over a slice of england and then they would like kind of settle down there and then that's kind of why the that's that's part of the reason i think why they're called anglo-saxons is because anglo meaning english saxon meaning from saxony germany but it's basically this mixture of native english people that were there mixing in with invaders from Elsewhere, you know, Viking peoples, Germanic peoples, basically. And it wasn't until they met the Normans, who are a northern French people, uh, that 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 sort of ended. But that's where the term, sort of the term Anglo Saxon kind of comes from, is is referring to a mixture of these Viking peoples that conquered England, settled there, and then mixed in with the local populace. And that's where we get Anglo Saxon.
3: Yeah. And you mentioned the Normans. Yeah. And the Normans also were descended from. Danes. They were the Danes that settled in France Remedy. at the time. And and yeah, they were given Normandy as a place where, hey, you can live here as long as you, you know, don't stir up any trouble. Yeah. And then they decided that they wanted to grow and, and go elsewhere. And then that's where we have, you know, uh, the Norman invasion of England and, and the end of the the Viking Age.
2: Right. So basically just Vikings of a different stripe killing other vikings
3: <laughs>
1: yep.
2: for a conquest of england that's cool man yeah so th- that that's kind of where that's sort of where we are seen so you know, i wonder here.
1: It, um I, I read there was a uh a massacre from massacre of the danes by the english in 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 uh 10th century uh 1002
2: yeah um, that's what he's talking about in the song there it says in the massacre it? of all danish men yeah yeah so what, what So I guess we can go back to the lyrics here. The first line, if you guys know about this, let me know because I don't. But it says, you have plundered the whole Isle of Man. The Isle of Man is a small island that's in between uh, England and um, and Ireland. And the people that live there are like a Germanic Viking peoples. And they actually speak their own language called Manx or Manx, Manx, M-A-N-X, Manx. And it's basically like this like sort of Old English, Celtic, Germanic language, but um, it, he's saying you have plundered the whole Isle of Man to become a greater king, and he's referring to King Ethelred. I didn't know if King Ethelred had ever plundered the Isle of Man. Maybe he has. I just didn't. I didn't see that in the records I was reading. But he's talking about King Ethelred, who at this time was king of the English and was himself an Englishman, I believe. He's also known as Ethelred II or Ethelred the Unready, and. So this was a guy who had been kind of battling the the Danes for most of his life. Um, he had fought against um, Swain, Forkbe- Swain Forkbeard, you know, Knut's father before this. And I think he ended up having to pay tribute to Swain Forkbeard and then Swain leaves and, he tried, and then Ethelred tries to like gain his kingdom back. Um, but during this whole kind of Back and forth between the English, like paying paying tribute to the Vikings and also fighting against them, he basically uh, King Ethelred essentially just decreed that all Danes in all of England should be killed, should be massacred. Which he didn't even have the power to do that because he was only the king of like Wessex, which is like one of the three kingdoms of England, which is in the very south. And so he's he he basically orders that all the Danes be killed, and which wasn't even realistic, but. There is evidence that that many of many of these Danish people were just straight up killed. And some of them were people like Danes that had been living in England for two, three generations, you know, families and stuff like that. And so, you know, his soldiers go out, they start murdering all these Danish people because the king ordered them to. And that's what it's referring to there when it says, and you murdered guiltless families and the massacre of all Danish men at Ethelred. And it's actually referred to as the St. Bryce's Day mass- massacre of 1002, because it happened. November 13th, 1002, which is St. Bryce's Day if you're a saint worshiping religious person. Hmm. But, and I actually, I was actually reading about that, that uh, apparently in like 2008, they found a mass grave somewhere near the area where there's like, they found like the, the, the skeletons of like 30 Danish men kind of all buried together. And wow. so they think it might be victims of this, this massacre. And we don't actually know how many died. But there's strong evidence that one of the people that was killed was Svein Forkbeard's wife, who would have been Canute's mother, I think. Uh, mother or stepmother, I guess. And so some people theorize that Canute's uh, invasion of England was in part, or Svein's invasion of England in part was like basically revenge. revenge.
1: Yeah. Retaliation. Yep. <laughs> Classic
3: Viking Motivation.
2: <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest, though, man. If someone killed my wife or mother, I'd probably be ready to pillage and plunder and take up no prisoners. You know what I mean?
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's who. That's who these people were. I mean, they they put a big emphasis on the family unit. I mean, you see that through the naming of their children, and you see that through uh, the emphasis on being remembered after your death. Um, they 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 placed a huge emphasis on, on uh, familial ties. And so when someone were to break that familial tie or harm your family, it was not just considered right and just to seek revenge, but it was almost considered uh, mandatory to seek revenge. And a man who didn't seek revenge was forfeiting one of his rights and could no longer be trusted as a truly just man. If he was not going to take that right,
2: yeah, you weren't honorable if you didn't do that. Exactly, it's a very big honor. Yeah, and I, I like what you brought up about the whole family, the fa- the familial um, structure, because that's very true. Because um, in, in these days, people didn't have last names. My name's John the Baker. I'm the baker of the town, and that's where we get the name John Baker from, right? And that, that's kind of how that how that ended up. But the 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 Nordic peoples for a very long time before and after this. Would, it, it was always, okay, my name is John, John's son. I'm the son of this guy, John. So it's, it's, it's linking your identity to your father or whoever you came from, right? So in this case, Knut, um, you know, technically he'd be Knut Svensson because he's Sven's son, right? And, uh, Knut actually, he, one of his sons, he named after his father, Svein. And so Svein is Svein Knutson because he's Knut's son. And this is something that persists even nowadays in Sweden and in um, in uh, like all the Nordic countries, like Iceland and stuff. Th- like a lot of their phone books, if they still use phone books, are are uh, ordered by first name because so many of them have the same last name, Sven's son, you know, Harald's son. Um, or if it's a girl, Sven's daughter, you know? And uh, so it's, it's just kind of cool that your, your entire identity for your family is like who your father came from. Or who you who you, you who you came from? Your father,
1: right? So, that is cool.
2: Yeah, um, and then it talked about sailing down the River Thames, and it's interesting because he write he rhymes Thames with dead, which is accurate because oftentimes we say the Thames, but I believe the way they pronounce it in English is actually Thames. So that's just, that's the river that flows through England, through uh London, I believe. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so do you guys anything else? You guys want to pick out from that verse? I think we're I think I'm good, but um, yeah. no
3: the the only thing is is They they pick it up pretty much where Canute's life kind of picks up historically. Mm -hmm. I mean, all we know about him really before he became king himself or or, or prince, you know, soon to be king, was just that he was the father of, you know, Swain Forkbeard. We don't know much about him up up until this point. So it's a good Mm -hmm. place to start.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's theorized that he may have accompanied his father on a couple like raids into England and earlier in his life, but we don't actually know that. And so it's not really until Until Canute actually invades England, which is in, um, oh, I think it's like 1015, like the summer of 1015, I think the year 1015, I think is when Canute kind of takes the stage, like historically speaking. Um, And then that's when we start hearing a lot about his life um, as we'll kind of get into here.
1: Cool. So should we uh, keep going with the the lyrics here? Where where did you leave off ruins? I'll pick it up where you left off. Um, We left off
3: at uh, We Sail the River Thames. All right. Yeah. So we're back yeah, the, into the chorus.
1: Yeah. It has the
2: chorus twice again. The, now that I ruled might and main, Danish kingdom will lead to fame. Now that I own the lands where I may stride, the English shall have king of Danish pride. It says that. Wait. Yeah. It says that. And then it goes to the Forked Beard, of my father. Do you want to read that one, yeah. Scott?
1: Yeah. Fork, forked Beard, my father. I have sailed the way you led to England on my dragons, and I avenged all the dead. In Ashington, I was Ironside. I slayed his troops. It served him right, Father. We took the lands and we sailed the River Thames. All right, so we were introduced to his father, Forked Beard. We had some cool imagery.
2: Yeah, well, and it, it, it kind of it paints in my mind like the dad. I'm following in your footsteps. I'm going to make you proud. You know, I'm going to kill these English. You know, because yeah, that, that was basically all his,
1: all his dad did his whole life was. He was always on conquest in England, right?
2: Well, that's that's basically what he's known for: is conquering England and becoming king of the English for a short time before he was overshadowed by his son,
1: right? Who sailed on his dragons?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming it's referring to the long ships, which would sometimes have like a dragon carved into the prow. I think, but I don't know if you guys have a different because it's it's capitalized to England yeah, on my dragons.
3: That's correct. So the name of their long ships was Drakkar, which even to this day is still um, dragon in, in most of those languages. Oh, that's sweet. awesome.
2: That's sick. I didn't know that. That's cool. I, th- I thought maybe it might be like a German thing. Cause in German, you, uh, you capitalize all nouns always.
3: Yes. Yes. And, uh,
2: so I thought maybe it was for that, but it's in English. So that that actually makes more sense then. So it's like, that's just the the Swedish word for their long ship is quite literally dragon. That's awesome. And then, uh, sorry, you, anything else to add to that one? I was going to say something, about, I was going to say something about, um, Ashington and Ironside to kind of give a little context to that. But if you guys want to take it and run with it, be my guest.
3: Uh, nope. No, go for it.
2: Okay. So um, it says in Ashington, it was Ironside. I slayed his troops it served him right. And uh, so Ashington is capitalized and Ironside is capitalized because what it's talking about there is Ironside is a, a guy, it's a person, Edmund Ironside. And he himself is a prince as well. He's actually King Ethelred, Ethelred the Unready, same guy we've been talking about this whole time. His son is Edmund, Edmund Ironside. And supposedly he had the name Ironside. It was a nickname because he fought so valiantly like iron or whatever, strong like iron. Um, He fought so valiantly against the Vikings for most of his life. But um, he himself also became king of the English for a very short time after his father passed away. And he basically inherited this in my opinion, kind of an unwinnable war against the Vikings from his dad. And so most of his adult life is spent fighting the Vikings and the Danes um, and fighting Canute specifically um, kind of on behalf of his father. And then later on as King of the English and ultimately kind of giving his life for the cause. I think he became King of English, King of the English after his uh, father died, but he was, he was King for like a few months and then he had to he had to kind of resign in favor of Canute. But that's who Ironside is. And Ashington is referring to the Battle of Ashington. It's actually with a D, I think. Um, but the Battle of Ashington, which is this battle that took place between Canute and his Danish troops, which are mostly mercenaries from all over um, like the Nordic countries, like Norway, Sweden, Denmark, um, against like native English people and Anglo-Saxon people under. Edmund Ironside, and I believe it was a, um, I believe it was a, a, a victory for the uh, the Danes. It was kind of like the decisive, you know, like um, the decisive battle that kind of decided the fate of the country, essentially. In Ashington, yeah, I mean, if you if you look yeah. it up, it has different names. Like it's, I've seen it spelled Essendune and Asadun, but it's also Ashington which is a place in uh, Essex, England, I believe.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it was that battle that, that like you said, was, was kind of determining of the the future of England for the next you know few years where, where Canute would, would be king. Ironside, uh, Edmund, after his defeat there, died a month later. Um, it's not specified whether that was from wounds or, or natural cause. And then I believe that Canute marries... Um, Edmund's widow and then exiles his two sons.
1: Wow. Very
2: common in those days.
1: They <laughs> did a wild time. All to of live. that,
2: yeah. All of that's extremely common. Because he's yeah. like, Well, I'll just take your kingdom, marry your wife, exile your two sons, and boom, I got your kingdom. And and like in perpetuity because of that.
3: Well, well, and, and and it secures his his right to the kingship because here he is marrying a queen who would still be queen until her heir was selected, and he exiles her only two heirs so so he has made himself a prince the only the only appropriate individual to become king
2: right and and i believe uh what happened is is like so edmund was kind of more of like the 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 warrior type so the from what we know about the history of this battle like edmund basically divided his like lined up his guys in like three lines and he was amongst his soldiers fighting on the front lines Whereas Canute, who was a warrior himself, but he was kind of more of a strategist than like a front lines warrior guy, did not participate in the actual battle. He was kind of, you know, from behind the lines kind of giving orders. But it was like this overwhelming victory for the Danes. And Edmund was forced to sign a treaty with Canute, basically giving him like all of this territory. And then also stipulating that, um, that should any of the kings die, they, they would, whatever king died, the other king would take his kingdom. And it just so happened, that like two months after that, Edmund dies. And so it's like already built into the treaty there. So I always wonder if like there's some foul play or something. I like mean, you have the guy poisoned or something like that. It's like, hey, I beat you in this battle. Most of your kingdom is yours, except for this one. But when you die or when one of us dies, we get the other one's kingdom. And then the guy dies two months later, hmm. you know, but... Anyway, um, natural causes. <laughs> yeah, natural causes. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, but then, but but once once uh, Edmund dies, then Canute basically becomes like king of the English and the Danes. He's he's one of the few guys who is king of English and Danes. So he became king of Norway, king of Denmark. He's king of part of Sweden and all of what we know as England. At the time
1: so he's uh, like building this an empire almost
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: yeah which is why he's known as canute the great because he basically unified like i don't even know how you have a kingdom um at this era that like, that spans oceans you know what i mean like i mean we, we think of the english empire like the sun never sets on the british empire because it's you have this island people who have england here but they also control india or all these various colonies you know and that that makes more sense like later on in history when you when technological advances are such where you can communicate with your various territories. This is the 10 hundreds. And this guy's got a kingdom in Denmark and a kingdom in England and a kingdom in Norway, all answering to him, but he can't be in three places at once. There's no telegraph to like send, you know, I guess you can mail a letter, but it still has to go over ship. You know what I mean? And it's, it's just amazing that he could, you could even like, like control all of that and keep it under control, and he did for several decades. Um, so it's just pretty amazing what he was able to accomplish.
3: Yeah, and and uh, someone mentioned the word empire. I think that was you, Scott. Mm-hmm. Um, this you know unification of these these four kingdoms they actually did call the North Sea Empire um, for as long as it as long as it lived. So it didn't live very much longer after Canute passed away. Um, he was kind of the the glue holding the whole thing together. So it goes to speak, you know, volumes for the kind of ruler that he must've been. If he's able to keep these, you know, kingdoms reigned in. And then after he dies, then immediately they collapse. You know, it just goes to show what kind of rule he must've had.
1: Yeah. There's always a, a power vacuum, like a a grab for power after the, after the, the first emperor dies of a, uh, and so it's like, I feel like, it takes a pretty special setup to have a a uh, something this this large continue after the 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 initial man that created it dies. Yeah, we sure. saw
2: that with we yeah we saw with our episode with Genghis Khan or Chinggis Khan is that like you had this you have this like dynamic powerful character who's able to com- who's who's able to accomplish all these things, like lead these men, unify these kingdoms through bloodshed, conquest, marriage, all that, and keep it all together somehow. But his kids, for whatever reason, just can't hold, can't hold, you know, can't hold, what's it called? Can't hold the guy's jockstrap. You know what I mean? Like he just, Mm -hmm. they can't, they can't uh, even come to the, to a level of what their dad was. And so oftentimes they end up losing the kingdom or they, it falls to infighting and it happens all the time, especially in this era.
1: Yeah. Really volatile.
2: Yeah. But I, I mean that probably also just go to, probably probably also speaks to the difficulty of even maintaining any kingdom in this era. Yeah. Um, let alone yeah. a kingdom that spans oceans, you know?
1: Yeah, they're they're not they're, they're just not equipped to do it. Like, like they have the will to power to to expand like that, but like you said, technologically, like you just can't enforce your will across an ocean yeah. at, at the time. Like you just yeah. couldn't do it.
2: Well, oftentimes I think they would like usually have like a regent or something like that. So he's like, right. "Hey, I'm the I'm the king, but you're my oldest son. You go live in Denmark and you kind of like reign in my stead, and I'll tell you what to do." And I think that he sure. may, I think he may have had like a co king, which is his Svein Knutsen. That's one of his sons. That I, yeah, think, that's I think I think he was yeah I think he was the one that like he kind of put in charge of Denmark. Um, you know, with with dad's permission. Yeah, thing. I,
1: th- I think a lot of times with that, where they're conquering different places, and it's it's basically. you you can tell who's in charge by which way the money flows the taxes flow and a lot of it a lot of that beyond that is just like they're just governing themselves they just have to pay tribute or whatever
2: yeah um and he was and so when knut died um later on in life he was actually buried in winchester like the old minster in winchester and his bones were there Um, up until the English Civil War in the 1600s. So for 600 years, his bones were there. But in the 1600s, the English Civil War is very common during this time. They basically go into the churches and like dig up all these old like popes, bishops, old kings, whatever, just scatter the bones or like hide them. And so all of his bones were in the 17th century were basically just scattered on the floor of the church and basically like lost to history, essentially. Um, Some of them were collected um, and like, put in different chests and kind of spread around like for all these various like um, like orders of monks and things, but we don't actually know where uh, I don't think we know where he's buried anymore. It's just kind of sad, you know, for someone so great to have such an ignominious burial afterwards, you know, but um, I believe that is pretty much the last of the song. Cause then it has the verse again, or the, um, the chorus again, the two, the two verse chorus and which it which it sings twice. You got a face melting guitar solo in there, um, and then it just basically chants Canute the Great four times at the end, and then the song has the outro. Um, so, but great song. I'm always a fan as as a as a descendant of the Viking peoples in a small way. I'm, I'm always a fan of learning about Viking, you know, Viking stuff. Um, so it's definitely a good song to listen to. So, I really so enjoyed it.
1: Th- there's one little change they did in the chorus, though, because in the chorus the first line is "Now I survey the lands there I may stride." The last one it says, "Now that I own the lands, oh, where yeah. I may stride." So, a little, a little change there.
2: Good call. Yeah.
3: Now he also mentions that the he's lands. ruling as well, instead of um, "Now that I fight with might and main," he says, "Now that I rule with might and main, Very the Danish kingdom true. I lead to fame."
2: That's true. Yeah. Now that I own the lands where I may stride, the English soil, the King of Danish pride and then Canute the Great, Canute the Great, Canute the Great. That's cool. I I didn't even catch that. So that's awesome. Uh, I I really enjoyed this. I'm always enjoying learning about, um, I had heard of Canute like the name, but it's a semi-common name, especially at the time. Um, but I think Canute the Great is probably one of the more well-known Canutes or Viking Kings of this era. Um, one of his, um, one, I actually have one fun fact, and then I, I think that's pretty much all I have to share. But do you guys have any parting thoughts on the song or like the historical period or anything?
1: Well, one thing that that I always that kept coming up um, in almost everything I had looked at or watched about him was that he was young, tall, and handsome, and had striking eyes. But he had a forked a forked nose, or or a forked oh, nose, forked nose, <laughs> <He> knows, <laughs> knows, yeah, forked. Forkus is dead. He had a hook nose, so yeah. Anyway,
2: um, well, it's always it's always funny how they how they describe how people look because it makes you wonder. It's like it's not super descriptive. It's like, oh, he's tall and handsome, and he has like his eyes are better. It actually says his eyes are better than other men, mm-hmm. like both both in handsomeness and in their ability to see things. And so you re- you're I'm trying to read between the lines here. That's written a thousand years ago. Did that mean he had really good like? actual vision or is it more like in the so in the, the theoretical what, sense? what
1: this reminds me of and uh, you brought it up runes earlier was uh, is lord of the rings tolkien it sounds like the way tolkien would would uh, describe aragorn or something like that like it, it's it's like these things that are more felt rather than seen almost you know it's like a it's it's more than just like their physical presence it's their their like aura almost that they're describing yeah um which is cool
3: well, and we see we see, kind of a kind of a a taste of of how people described each other in that time. Um, just in the brief description that they give us, um, we know that, that the Vikings were were kind of, um, they were kind of funny with their nicknames, um, like we have a Bjarni, tall man with a house. We have <laughs> Alther, deep minded. We have Oliver, friend of children, which meant um in kind of a sarcastic way that he wouldn't kill children during a raid so he was obviously their friend and that was kind of like a put down nickname you know so we <laughs> see these kind of nicknaming you know in this this description that kind of gives you an idea of who this person was it's kind of you know like you said it describes almost their aura you know it doesn't have to always be this physical feature that's being described it's just a short little one-liner short little nickname and that's all you need to know about this person you know i mean harold bluetooth for heck's sake you know why is he named bluetooth probably because he had a rotten tooth mm-hmm. and yeah, the word blue. for yeah. blue in um in uh old norse was used for both blue and black they didn't have a word for black mm-hmm. so they used the word blue interesting yeah.
2: Yeah, well, and it's kind of they would even give that name to their enemies because like ethelred this this king they're fighting in the beginning is ethelred the Unready. Um, supposedly that was kind of tongue in cheek as well, because it doesn't mean unready in the sense that we think it where it's like, oh, he wasn't prepared. It's actually from the old English word, unread unread or something like that, which basically means he's poorly advised. Like he basically has, has bad, um, bad advisors or bad advice given to him, which is funny because his name Ethelred apparently means Mm well-advised. And so it's basically well advised. The poorly advised. So it's a play on words, like, "Hey, this guy's supposed to be well advised, He's really not well advised." And we kind of showed that when we took over his entire kingdom.
1: So th- that's almost like, uh, like Little John in, uh, yeah. Like, yeah, you know, exactly. Like, <laughs> exactly.
3: And then and then a lot of these nicknames were like, you know, we look at them and we're like, "Well, are they?" Being genuine with this, like when they say, you know, Ragnar Shaggy Breaches, what does that mean? Does I mean he had hairy pants, or does that mean his butt was hairy? You know, like we'll never like, know. like what do you mean by this? You know, Colby and Butter Penis. <laughs> you know, imagine, you imagine getting that name.
0: Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> did,
2: <laughs> I mean, did his girlfriend
1: start, okay. name him? we
3: have
1: i'm doing a have deep dive no on, idea
2: on, i'm about to do a deep dive a deep dive on our down the rabbit hole of, of obscure viking names in a second yeah, elf, cash yeah. better of
1: horses <laughs> you might want to um do a safe search when you uh, look these up Yeah.
2: <laughs> well i know a lot of it is like it's like a nickname thing for some deed or something you did it's like oh one time uh you know you there was a bull running at you and you hit it and it tripped and moved out of the way. So I'm calling you John Turnbull. That's where the name Turnbull comes from. And you know, they, they just have these, well, these it's nicknames.
1: Like, it's like the office, Jim being called Tuna, like Big Tuna. He, he, yeah, he except, tuna except that becomes
2: yeah, except that becomes like your identity for the rest of your life. Yeah. And in this case, the rest of history for the next thousand years. <laughs> yeah, you're that's true. You're, you're Big
3: Tuna. Yeah. <laughs> well <laughs> I feel bad for Einstein fart then. <laughs> he, he must. Have, he must have floored the room that he was in to retain a permanent name. Well, it's yeah. funny
1: because everyone knows that guy. Everyone has a foul fart in their life that, <laughs> yeah. that has the worst. It's me. How <laughs> well, generous, like me. but stingy with food. You know, yeah. like like these are all people that are just
3: named because of one thing that they did in their life.
1: That is amazing.
3: It's funny. I think
2: it's it's so, relatable. We all know. So we, we all know a guy like that.
1: I think we need to bring this that back.
3: Me.
2: Yeah, bring back the epithets. Let's bring back the epithets.
1: <laughs> like like someone does something once, and like that's that's how they're they're uh, remembered forever. It's funny.
2: Scott the podcaster.
1: Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, another thing is just a couple days ago, it, it, like I saw it and it's just like oh snap he's talking about this guy, so raw egg nationalist on Twitter. He, just like three days ago, posted about Knut. He said, uh, at the age of 19, Knut was the king of Denmark and England and one of the most powerful rulers in all of Europe. In this thread, I'll provide five lessons from his precocious rise to imperial rule that will help you create an unstoppable sales funner- funnel for all your e-commerce businesses. <laughs> <laughs> How can we monetize this? <laughs> and, and then there's no thread. It's just it's just the one tweet. <laughs>
3: well, it's a
2: joke, but that's, yeah. that's hilarious.
3: <laughs>
2: Raw egg hey, nationalists. I mean, yeah.
3: If this guy... Let's see here. I have a couple of monetary facts for Canute here. Oh, go for um, it. So there's the Dengeld, which was a payment that you made whenever... It's like a tax. Yes. Yes. Um, the last Dengeld ever paid... Was for a sum of eighty two thousand pounds, like like English pounds. That's big money. And and you know we're talking we're talking the Viking age. You know where where eighty two thousand pounds is a lot of money. Like that was unheard of.
1: Is that it, was, only, that was have...
2: only from one subject, right?
3: Um ch- ch- I'm
2: assuming I'm assuming that's from like you know one province or one country or one king or maybe it's a group of kings but I'm sure he had multiples under him that were paying tribute you know the danegeld is basically a tax that the danes would put on their english subjects it's like hey you pay me this each month or each year and i won't rape your wife and kill everybody <laughs> you no know.
3: and you Such can live a, on your land it's still the finest. yeah it's almost like oh, gosh it's almost like we have a similar system, you know. Like if you just don't <laughs> pay, you know, thirty percent of your income, under, th- under threat under of violence.
2: <laughs> under threat of violence, yeah, it's weird. That dude, eighty two thousand pounds. That's that's crazy. That's that's do, big. Do money. we have
1: do we have inflation records from the the tenth <laughs> century? What's that
2: today? Honestly, well, I, thought, well, I don't know because was this the silver? I think they used silver back then. I think silver was standard. Is what they used? Yeah,
1: silver then. was their
3: standard.
2: Um, so I'm trying to think like what eighty two thousand pounds sterling. Of of silver would be in the year, you know, 1030 or whatever this is. That's a lot. It's
1: unimaginable. That's still a lot of money, dude.
3: Well, in his army of, you know, well over 10,000 men, at least according to, you know, our sources um, cost him 72,000 pounds in silver. So he was paying buku bucks for his people
2: yeah well i think because i think a lot of the guys he hired like he i'm sure he had like a retinue of soldiers that were like with him but i think a lot of these guys are basically viking mercenaries which is also very common at the time is hey man i live on this land and i'm really good at killing people uh but whoever pays the most money y'all go kill this earl that you don't like you know or whatever uh, yeah. and i think the vikings do that all the time and so it's kind of just whoever could pay him more so i wonder if that's why he's like hey dude I'll, I, I, got, I got more money than God, and I can pay you guys more than any, other, any of these English kings. And so the Vikings are like, whatever, dude, I'm just in this for the money. And so they'll just basically go with Canute because he can, he's got the deeper pockets. It's interesting that
3: you mentioned mercenaries. Um, Thorkel the High is one that is, that is mentioned by name. And we know Thorkel as being um, a leader of the Yom's Vikings, which was a, a, a basically a boys' club. For Vikings that, that wanted to emphasize their, their prowess in battle, and they did hire themselves out as sellswords. You know, they were these big mercenaries, and they were quite uh, fantasized um, because of their their uh, endeavors. So I would not be surprised to find out that you know many of these men were under the rule of of Thorkel, who was you know then being paid by Knut.
2: Yeah, well it's always it always comes down to money. Money and like plunder. You know, that, that's that's kind of
3: money and land. Yep. And a hot wife.
2: Yep. Or several.
0: Yeah.
2: Um so and it's interesting cuz Canute is a Christian. Like he's a devout he's supposedly a devout Christian because his father and I think his grandfather were both Christian. Um so he's like he's Christian fighting Christian. So this this isn't like the whole like heathen pagans you know, taking over England that had already happened, but these are Christian guys. And apparently one of the most famous, like one of the stories that Knut is known for is after he became King of England, um, he like went to like the seashore, and basically had a, had a, a, a chair or a, th- a throne brought up to like the seaside, like the, the shore where the water was like the, the tide was coming in. And he basically starts talking to the ocean and basically telling the ocean, Hey, I'm your master. I'm the King of England. You're an English ocean. Um, I, I command you to not rise up on my land and get me wet or get my feet wet or whatever. And Obviously, the ocean still came up and splashed his robes and his shins or whatever and still rise up on his land. And so then he basically exclaims that the whole world needs to know that the power of kings is empty and worthless and there's no king worthy of the name except the king, the king whose will heaven, earth and the sea obey eternal laws or in other words, Christ is is the, the the only true king the oh, only real
1: king that that's an interesting object lesson that's pretty yeah. cool
2: yeah because he goes, he says, I command you, therefore, not to rise to my land, nor to presume to wet the clothing or limbs of your master. The sea comes up as usual, splashes him, and he, he jumps back and then he cries out the quote here. He says, let all the world know that the power of kings is empty and worthless and there's no king worthy of the name. Save him by whose will heaven, earth and the sea obey eternal laws. And apparently that's one of like the main stories he's known for is like. He, he, and, and a lot of people think that that was like an object lesson that he was doing on purpose to basically show that yes, he's the King, but the real King is Jesus.
1: Mm-hmm. You know, that's which, how it comes across to me.
2: Yeah. Which, which obviously I agree with. So amen to that.
1: Amen.
3: <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, there's, there's several versions of that uh, yeah. legend in one, uh, someone, I believe, was uh using particularly flattering words about the king saying that even he could command the obedience of the sea and he was like well let me show you something you know
2: there is there is no king but Je- but jesus basically is what he says uh,
1: another big uh, act he did for to display his christianity is his uh his journey to rome which is a which was a big deal i guess I um, mean, he says that he went to Rome to repent of his sins and to pray for redemption for the security of his subjects. So, yeah, he, he was pretty... Uh, about as devout a uh, Christian king as you can get. Any, well, well, you, go ahead. Um, oh, just
3: that he uh, he showed that he was genuine in his repentance for his actions. Because, I mean, he was a Viking. You know, he took his men, they plundered, they pillaged. You know, it was it was business. But he, as king... Rebuilt all the churches that he and his men ransacked. He built new churches and he sent out money to the, the people in the communities that were affected because of his actions. You know, he was really trying to show them that he was a king of all of his people, not just the Danes, not just these, you know, pagans. But the Christians, the English, you know, anyone that was under his rule, he was going to fight for them. He was going to build a place for them. He was going to support them.
1: See, and, and it's it's like a someone like that that it becomes almost impossible to be the successor of someone like like this guy. And, which is why you so, you so you so often see empires fall apart or even kingdoms fall apart when when the when someone like this finally dies. It's like, how do you follow that up? someone so, so pretty special i mean it's it's not impossible but you have to it's it's almost like his persona was like forged in the fire of taking the empire and now that persona is gone like no no one's left to take an empire and build it again to build up yeah. to that kind of persona yeah. yeah
2: well and he's he's doing all the kingly stuff this is stuff that in kings of england would do you know like building churches and like traveling to Rome to get the blessing of the church. You know, like this is all, these are all things that would cement in the minds of his subjects. He's the King he's in charge. He has the, he has the divine, you know, the, the divine right of Kings on his side. He's got the, the blessing of the church, you know, all these things. So he's cementing his, his Kingship, if you will. Um, and you're talking about uh, building churches on battlefields. Like he built one, the battle of Ashington that we talked about earlier, he, right after this happened, um, 10, 1032, he consecrated the church there, um, to commemorate the battle and those who died during it. Um, and so it's just very, very kingly stuff. And, And like I said, that, that force of personality and all that work, that building up after you do the destruction is something that, that, I, it's, it's a certain type of man that has to that has that that drive that will yeah. to power to accomplish that, and it doesn't oftentimes stick within the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and my thought is always like, you know, I wonder if like maybe he had a couple sons that were kind of like pale shadows of their father, but there's got to be like one of his kids who's like, no, Dad, I want to be a bard. I don't want to be a king. You know,
3: <laughs> well, his, I just want to sing. <laughs> his direct successor, Hartha Knut. <laughs> was a drunk, and that's how he rem- how he's remembered. And he at a well, I say a drunk. It, it wasn't exclusively a drunk, but he died from a stroke from excessive intake of alcohol at a wedding. you wow. know so it, so <laughs> Too much mead. yeah, just was just just wasn't quite the man that his father was, you know, and it's it's sad to say because it's you know here here's this kingdom that's you know going to fall apart now you know we just we just can't keep that strong will that that kingly behavior that that love for the people and love for for his faith
2: yeah sad sad to say but yeah they had their time on top though that's for sure
1: they did two decades of it Mm -hmm. that's cool well hey runes. that that, thanks for choosing this song it's it's been it's been awesome i love yeah I, I, like like you i really like this uh this period in history i, I didn't know much about this particular man and in, sto- in these stories so it's it's it, it was perfect for me to to like dive in and and uh and learn about it um what yeah, right, so- and
2: i'm i'm glad you picked it sorry so just real quick i'm glad you picked it too because i've never heard of this band like i was saying but this song isn't even rebellions top. it's not even their top 10 song like on spotify or whatever so i probably would have never found this song if you hadn't suggested it so um and i, and I know that when you when you we were originally talking about bringing you on the show you actually suggested two songs this was one of them so if you ever want to come back on again and do the other song man we'd be glad to have you back for sure
3: yeah, I mean, anytime you're down to talk about some more Vikings and and you know talk a little bit about metal music, I'm your guy. I am. <laughs> it's always your it's guy. always
2: it's always it's always Viking o'clock around here, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and and even to to give a little taste in to this band, the the album that this song comes from is called Sagas of Iceland. So, like, it's it's all it's all Iceland- like Viking. Yeah. Fun well, it's
2: it's stuff. volume one of a three part thing they did where they have three albums all about like the the history of the vikings basically and so this is taken from the first album volume one of that that trilogy which is pretty cool nice yeah. so well hey we're, we're uh wrapping up here but um so runes with the few minutes that we have left um where can people find you connect with you do you have any any projects or anything that you want to plug or or show on the podcast so that the last few minutes is yours man.
3: I mean, the only thing uh, is just the Twitter, man. You know, it's just at reading the runes. I've got a red bubble link there and I'll probably update my my bio for for any other things that I want to show. That's kind of my go-to social media point.
2: Cool. I actually, um, and just for those listening, I actually have uh, one of runes' shirts. It's actually the Hand of Tear, um, which is, I uh, won't go into it because it's a long story, but um, another, another um, you know, story from viking myth about tear and him cutting off his hand and sacrificing for the greater good of his people so um i actually i actually have one of his shirts it's pretty cool and i believe it's an original design right don't you do all your original designs yourself uh Rudes? i do i do yeah.
3: except for there was one design i did um based on the yelling stones which are stones raised by harold bluetooth to commemorate christianity in denmark
2: well, that's cool but yeah, that's we we'll definitely link um, your Redbubble and your Twitter in the show notes. Um, so definitely check them out. Buy some buy some, some Viking swag from our good friend, uh, Mr. Runes here. Um, but other than that, like Runes, Scott, do you guys have any parting thoughts, things you want to say
1: or share? Just the regular, if you want to be on the podcast, hit us up. This could be you. It could be. And you a huge
3: be- thank you to both of you. I mean, this has been fun. This has been a blast. I might take you up on the offer to talk about that other song
1: for sure
2: for sure man yeah it was it was the after the offer was was not an empty one
3: yep i appreciate it
2: so well thanks for coming on man and then uh if we don't have any more parting thoughts we'll uh i guess we'll have the song play us out
1: all right enjoy